This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres. From our flagship station in Buffalo, this is the Post Game Show on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. And it's played by Romanov, back to the circle, and it's off the fashing and in the back no of the goal, net. Clear, and the no referee goal. is waving it off, but I'm sure they will look at it. The puck did go in the net off the leg of fashing. The question will be, did he kick at it? Well, your guess is as good as mine, whether or not he kicked at it or redirected it or because it went off his shin instead of his skate. The league may have uh, overturned it. Nevertheless, that's your game winner and uh, controversial play of the game. Brought to you by NOCO, delivering comfort to homes and businesses since 1933. 3-2 Islanders win it. They now have 74 points in the Eastern Conference wildcard race. The Penguins, just uh, a gut-wrenching comeback uh, in terms of the out-of-town scoreboard for the Sabres. They were down 4 nothing to Columbus and win 5-4 in overtime. Of course, Crosby gets the game winner. And the Panthers win against Vegas. So all the teams tonight that the Sabres were hoping to lose all won. And then, of course, Buffalo got no points in their game. So right now it's Islanders 74, Penguins 73. They're the two wildcard teams. Florida 70 and then Buffalo 68. Beyond those results that uh, have Sabre fans down, the game-winning goal, obviously, people have strong opinions on here. According to the NHL Situation Room, this is what their explanation was, because obviously the officials really don't say anything on the ice. says, uh, the type of review was a distinct kicking motion. The result, call on the ice is overturned. Goal for New York. Here's the explanation. Quote, video review determined that the puck deflected off of New York's Hudson fashion and into the net in legal fashion. There's your explanation. Like it or not, it counts, and the Islanders win, and the Sabres, in a monster game in the standings, get no points. Okay, Paul Hamilton coming up here. Paul, let's get your thoughts here on that goal. Obviously, uh, people are quite upset that it ends up being overturned. What did you think? Yeah, you you are allowed to direct pucks in it now. It used to be you couldn't, you know, and uh, that's the thing. I mean, he basically turned his leg, and it wasn't a distinctive kicking motion, so that's why they overturned it. And uh, it's just a bad break for the Sabres there. Uh, you know, the re- the referees uh, made one call, but they went back and looked at it and decided that 
it wasn't a distinctive kicking motion and said the goal was good and everybody on the line now scored as that line as it has i can't tell you how many times in the past has absolutely killed the sabers and they did it again it's the only line they couldn't handle they I mean, they handled everybody else on the Islanders. Uh, Horvat had some chances but didn't score. But the Sezikis line, you know, Fashion gets his fourth. You know, Sezikis, Bailey gets his eighth. Uh, Sezikis get his, gets his fifth. They're not they're not 20 goal scorers, but the but Sabres just have nobody that can handle that group. And, Paul, we uh, obviously laid it out here. Tonight couldn't have gone worse for the Sabres. All the out-of-town teams, Florida, um, obviously the Islanders and Pittsburgh up four, down 4 nothing, come back to win in overtime 5-4. So uh, this is a very painful night, not only for the Sabres game, but in the standings with the out-of-town scores. Yeah, they were fine for the first 30 minutes of the game, and they weren't very good at all the last 30. I mean, Dylan Cousins had a beautiful goal. There's no question about it. There was great effort with him and Yoki Haru to get the turnover. Great effort to score the goal, but overall, that might have been one of the toughest games I've seen him have. He was brutal. Uh, and his coverage on Sezikis was awful. He got on the wrong side of him. And, you know, he's right with him. I mean, pull him down if you have to, but don't just stand there with him. And it was just horrible coverage. He gave the puck away constantly all night long, especially in the third period. That uh, didn't necessarily cost them until, you know, the one time where it just they kept going and going and going and finally got the goal. That might have been the Bailey goal. And that all was a, a Cousins giveaway that started that all again. It didn't it didn't lead directly to the goal, but it's what got the Islanders back in the zone. Uh, so, you know, that young man just had a very tough evening, and uh, so, did, so did a lot of his teammates once they got by the 30-minute mark of this game. Paul Hamilton with us here on the postgame, Islanders victorious by a 3-2 to two margin. Now, Paul, I thought Lukanen was outstanding in this game. He had a lot of traffic in front of him, too, a lot of Islander bodies in the crease, and uh, I thought he looked very strong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the fashion goal, there's nothing to do about that. Uh, and, and actually, on the Sezikis goal, it's a shame that the puck it hit the side of the net and hit a skate of a Sabre defenseman, but it's a shame that that didn't affect the trajectory of the pass especially since they elected not to cover Sezikis and uh, you know there's really nothing I mean Sezikis is right in on top of Lucan and there's really nothing he can do on that one and the Bailey goal squirted out and it squirted out was rolling puck he got it put it in and again nothing he can do on that one Paul what positives can we take out of this one I mean back-to-back games a pair of 3-2 losses Last night's game, obviously, more of maybe what Don Granato wants to see in his club. We knew tonight maybe the legs would be a little tired. There was evidence of that for sure. The way the Islanders play with a lead obviously uh, makes it difficult here too. But uh, now back-to-back losses here after the Sabres kind of went into this week thinking that they could really position themselves well, and they're off to obviously an 0 for start. No, there are no positives at all they can take out of this other than the fact that they got an opportunity to play in these games, and as young players, they can learn from it. They can learn from how it felt and how they didn't rise to the occasion in, in either game. They played their game in the Edmonton game. So I don't know if I can say they didn't rise to the occasion in that game, but you want to bottom line it, they didn't get any points out of it. And they certainly, in the last half of this Islander game, didn't rise to the occasion at all. And uh, 
you know, and so, you know, they got to look at why. Why in the most important game of the season, and there's no question this was the most important game of the season as of March 7th, and now they're going to get more important. Uh, they they weren't up for it, and they, they got to look, look around, figure out why, and then, you know, fix it. And that's, again, that's what young teams do, and I know that's what they signed up for, and there's no problem with that. I mean, you would hope, and they tend to learn their lessons eventually, and you would hope that maybe, uh, you know, they'll learn from that and be better next time they wind up in a game like this. Uh, you know, But one thing they don't seem to learn from is wanting to overpass the puck. I mean, Bryson came right down Main Street. He, he was wide open. It was him and Sorokin. Why are you passing it all the way across through the slot, all the way to the other side to a covered guy who, even if he does get the pass, is going to either get his shot blocked or is on an off angle? I don't understand what you are thinking. You are looking straight at the goalie. There is nobody between you and the goalie. You're halfway there. Why are you trying to pass it through three Islanders to a covered guy who is going to take a shot that is a lot worse percentage-wise than you have? It's just ridiculous in a 3-2 game. I mean, you have to you have to bring that puck in and shoot it 100 out of 100 times. 100 out of 100. There shouldn't be one situation where that you ever pass on that. But he did. And it's it's something that the, the Sabres do too much of. Paul, if you look what's next, Dallas, Rangers, Maple Leafs. <laughs> These are, I mean, show me where it gets easy here. I guess maybe two weeks from now when the Flyers are one of the games. But then you got Boston right after that. So um, the schedule makers back-to-back. They play the Islanders again later in the month on a back-to-back with travel. So, um, you can't look to the schedule, I guess, for any sort of comfort at this point either. Well, they just played the Edmonton. They had beaten them. They just played the Islanders. They had beaten them. They've beaten Dallas. You know, so they, they've at least, they know they can beat these teams, but uh, just, you know, recently they're not. So now they got themselves in trouble. Still not too late to dig out of trouble. I mean, you still have, what, a month and a half. But, uh you know, now you've put yourself in a position with the Islanders where you have to win all three of your games in hand. That's right. You have no no room for error. And even if you win all three of them, now you're tied. But you do have one more game against them later in the month. And you better figure out how to play two games in two nights because you're going to do it again. You're going to have a home game and then go play the Islanders. So, uh, you know, you're, you're just going to have to figure it out and figure out a way to win. Just like the Penguins did, Paul. I mean, that is painful. Just sitting here looking at the standings, they were down four nothing. I, I know it's Columbus. I, any team in the NHL, you're up four nothing. I mean, you shouldn't win or lose. You shouldn't be able to come back to win, and they did five to four. And what does that do for the Penguins? Does that wake them yeah. up? Yeah, you know, they they've had haven't had the greatest season in the world, but does a comeback like that, you know, set the tone for the rest of their season? Yeah, that gives them. 73 points, and points percentage-wise, that puts them into the top wild-card spot for sure. Florida now ahead of Buffalo, and technically via tiebreaker, Ottawa is officially ahead of Buffalo, although tied in points. And the Capitals, 68 points too, although some games in hand there with the Sabres. Uh, Buffalo will play Washington uh, coming up uh, in the middle of uh, next week, so we'll have a uh, another big game there. Sabres still have another game with the Islanders coming up. 
But uh, next, of course, uh, on the docket is Thursday with Dallas. And uh, as you mentioned, Paul, they won in Dallas earlier this year, so it's not like they can't do it. But uh, they've got, obviously, uh, the room for error and the games in hand, all that stuff that was in their favor, it's, it's uh, slipping away to the point where now they're, they've got to almost uh, be almost on their game every single night here if they're going to have a chance with all these teams that are jumbled together. Yeah, I mean, other teams around them are going to lose again, and they're going to have to go on a bit of a streak. You know, it can't be win one, lose one, or, you know, it's got to be, you know, win four out of six or four out of five, or, you know, they're just going to have to get on a bit of a streak now. And, uh, you know, they part of being the second or third or the first leading scoring team as they've been all year for most of the year has been Alex Tuck, who was on a 40-goal pace. You've taken a lot out of their lineup. Jack Quinn, for the most part, has done well, you know, but he's not Alex Tuck, you know. He's just not. And But he's learning. He, I think he's done well in that spot. But, he again, Alex Tuck was on a 40-goal pace, and they're missing it, and they really are. And here you are, you know, in these two games, and you only gave up six con- considering you had been giving up more. So you only gave up three goals in each game, but you're one of the best-scoring teams in the National Hockey League, and you scored four in two games. And, you know, that obviously what wasn't going to be enough for them. And uh, it's, you know, in, in, in the last two games, I, I think it's fair, you know, and it's – I don't know if it's fair. You can tell me. But Tage Thompson didn't score in either game. He had one point in the two, two important games. He does have 42 goals, so I don't want to rip into him. But in these two games, he had one assist. You know, and you're already without Alex Tuck. That's not easy to play against the Islanders. you got to fight through it. But you know what? They fought through it when they were home and beat them 3-2 and had 45 shots on Sorokin. So it's, it's not like they've never fought through it. And, and again, it's just something that, you know, you can, you can learn from, you know, and uh, they haven't played in big games like these before. This is all new to them. So they have to learn how to play in these types of games. And, uh, you know, let's see if maybe they learn from this one and, and move on to the next one and start getting on a streak again. You yeah. know, they, they tend to get on streaks. I mean, they, they are a streaky team, as you well know. I mean, wasn't too long ago they just beat the Lightning, the Panthers, and the Capitals. Won three three in a row and five out of six. Beat the Ducks and the Sharks, lost to the Leafs, and won three more. So it's not like they can't do it, but they got to do it now. I mean, it, it, they got to get back into it. They can't get any further behind right now. Now's the time to start crawling back up again. I think, Paul, you know, just the frustration of tonight for me is is – Yes, they lost. Yes, the out-of-town scoreboard couldn't have been worse. So there's that layer to it. But then there's the the like, uh, the like always frustration with the NHL sort of piece of being a fan of the league is, well, an overturned controversial goal that you really didn't get much of an explanation on is the difference maker. I mean, if that stays as it is, which it very easily could have, it's 2-2, and maybe the Sabres win in overtime when it's 3-on-3 three because three, they've got a lot of ice to work with. And... Your comment about Tage Thompson maybe is fair, but maybe he scores the game winner because it's three on three and he's got a ton of ice and he scores and he beats Sorokin and we're having a, a much different conversation. And 
you know, there's also a little bit of me, too, that just hates the way the Islanders play and how I have to listen to the announcers on ESPN Plus, you know, talk about how wonderful it is. So there's a little bit of that that I'm annoyed with, too, here at the end of the night because I'm like, this is not good for the league in any way. And I hate that the game tonight, for a lot of fans, their immediate reaction is going to be talking about a controversial call. So I think those two pieces of it are what's tough for me right now in the moment that we have big games, and as a fan of the sport, and I guess that piece of it, I could see why maybe there's some angst from fans tonight because of those two layers to it. And I've got to take a step back and say, well, look, at the end of the night, were the Islanders probably the better team? Yes. Statistically, were they the better team that backs that up? Yes, they were. The shots, the shot attempts, all those sort of things, the possession time, they were. Lukanen played well enough to win, gave you a chance. Sabres couldn't come through with that third goal that they needed. So, you know, I guess I'm trying to balance the annoying parts of tonight with really what happened. Were the Islanders maybe the better team? Yeah, I think they were. So I don't even know what I just said. That's there, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I, whether that call was right or wrong, yeah, I, I, I at least will say, and you can tell me if you agree, they didn't deserve to win that game. I mean, the Islanders were the better team tonight. I think that's a fair statement, yes. I'm not willing to say the Islanders are the overall better team. I mean, they certainly are in goal. But, you know, I don't think the Sabres deserve to win. They played half a game. And then they basically got rolled over after that, and their goaltender helped keep it alive. And, you know, they weren't willing to do the things necessary to break through the Islanders who block shot after shot after shot. They had 10 block shots at the end of the first period alone and had 30 for the game. The Sabres had eight the whole game. The Islanders had 30. Now, I will say this. Statistics around the National Hockey League are usually so crazy off, no matter what, depending on the rink you're in. That's one of the reasons the Islanders, the Islanders do hit, but one of the reasons they are, you know, near the top of the league in hits is because their official score. He scores things that hits aren't that aren't necessarily hits. The Islanders are always, you know, ahead on hits and block shots. So are they block shots? I mean, look at down. How many Islanders didn't have a block shot in this game? Four. Believe it or not, Sezikis was one of them. Paul Mary, Engvall, and Bailey. That's it. Everybody right. else had gotten given credit for a block shot. So that's that's the frustration of it too. But they do block a lot of shots. I mean, you don't need a counter. All you need to do is watch the game, and you realize in that flurry near the end, how many shots did they block? Sabres had some good, good what appeared to be good looks, right? But they weren't because the Islanders got a stick, a skate, something on them, and blocked the shot, and that's frustrating. But you got to figure out a way to get through that because you got to figure out a way to get through the Islanders. You got to catch them. So if you got to catch them, you got to figure out a way to get through them. And that's that's the challenge that uh, I'm sure the coaching staff will lay in front of them, and that's what they didn't do in this game and that they have to figure out. Good chatting with you, Paul. Thanks so much. We will uh, do it again Thursday with the Stars in town. Okay, sounds good. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton here on the postgame. Islanders win it 3-2, to two, the game-winning goal courtesy of Hudson Fashing. Initially ruled no goal, then reviewed, and then the call overturned as a, the direct kicking motion was overturned and uh, they deemed it to be a good good goal. And uh, Buffalo Falls in regulation, picking up no points on a night that really stings. Not only no points against a team that you're 
in the race with. But the other two games out of town uh, also don't go your way. Uh, the Panthers win two to one, and you know this miraculous comeback from the Penguins down four nothing, and then Crosby ends up winning it in overtime. And you know you've got that plus you know whether you agree with the call or not. And you know as I say to Paul, like I think a frustrating part of watching that I just hate watching the way the Islanders play. I just I really do. I think it's terrible for the league. And you know you got the announce the, the ESPN Plus announcers. I'm not going to go off on them, but you know they're sitting there saying, "Oh, I don't see anything on the ice that changes this." Oh, that looks you know nothing here to change. They bring in their quote rules expert, and he's like, "Well, I just, there's nothing here that might overturn it." And then they overturn it, and then all three people are like, "Oh, I agree, I agree, I agree." Like, please, that's just terrible. Have an opinion and stick with it, even if you're wrong. Sabers, by the way. They uh, are 0-6 on ESPN Plus broadcast this season, for whatever that's worth, if you are into uh, that. There you go. All right. Let's get you some final stats here. They're brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Shot totals end up 39-24 in favor of the Islanders, so definitely one-sided. However, the shot attempts much closer in terms of the block shots uh, the Islanders uh, had a lot of those, as Paul mentioned. Power plays, no penalties called in the third period. No surprise. Zero of two for both teams. Lukanen takes the loss with 36 saves. I thought he was excellent. Uh, Sorokin, the win, 22 saves. Three stars are all from New York. Sezikis with a goal and an assist. He's star number th- three. Bailey with a goal, star number two, and an assist as well. And Hudson Fashing. The game winner, he has a goal and an assist. Star number one. And uh, Hudson Fashing tonight is the electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Auto Group. For an electrifying performance, check out Town Auto Group's lineup of EVs. The attendance on Long Island tonight, 17,255 at UBS Arena. The Sabres will next play Thursday night against the Dallas Stars. 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll have it for you right here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. For all of our local affiliates, we're going to say goodnight to you at this time. If you want to keep listening to the post game, you can go to WGR550.com or listen in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on our flagship here in Buffalo, more post game coming up. Final score, Islanders 3, Sabres 2. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Islanders try a pass. Horvat off the boards behind the defense. Oh, big save by Lukanen who stayed with Horvat, looking for his 37th of the year. Luka Pekalukinen right there with a save of the game. Boy, did he have Bo Horvat's number tonight. Horvat could add a hat trick. Lukanen standing big on all those opportunities. The save of the game brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. New inventory is arriving daily. So we welcome you back here to the postgame. Brian Colesgill with you. 3-2 Islanders win it. A uh, stinger of a loss tonight for the Sabres controversial goal is the game winner from Hudson Fashing and uh, if you haven't sensed my frustration already here on just kind of how the night played out with the out-of-town scoreboard the officiating playing the Islanders all that sort of stuff like well I'm telling you I'm frustrated from it Uh, here's one rule I want to read this is rule 78.5 I just tweeted out if you want to read it yourself a little bit in more detail uh, at Brian WGR rule 78.5 says quote when the puck has been, by the way, picture the play going towards fashing with him moving his leg out as I'm reading this. Here we go. Rule 78.5. Quote, when the puck has been directed, batted, or thrown into the net by an attacking player, other than with a stick, 
when this occurs, by the way, he didn't use a stick. When this occurs, if it is deemed to be done deliberately, then the decision shall be no goal. A goal cannot be scored when the puck has been deliberately batted with any part of the attacking player's body into the net. Sounds pretty clear, right? Rule 78.5. That last line, a goal cannot be scored when the puck has been deliberately batted with any part of the attacking player's body into the net. Sounds like that's exactly what it should be. The referee's first instincts was right. Shouldn't have been a goal. And again, I'm not even against saying that that goal shouldn't count. I'm saying that by the NHL rulebook and its current status, I'm not saying I'm not against changing that rule. I'm saying by the current rulebook, which is what you have to go by, obviously, no goal 99, by the current rulebook that you should be employing, it seems as though they got the call wrong. Let's get our first response from the fans now, brought to you by SurfPro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. SurfPro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy responds first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. You can send me your thoughts at uh, Brian WGR. A uh, couple, a lot of tweets coming in, of course, on that. Um, let's see here. Anthony says, uh, there's no way that goal should have been overturned. Uh, Daryl says, he was trying to settle the puck, not purposely kick it into the net. Okay, so there's a, a different opinion on the play. Uh, Andy says, then why does his leg move toward the net as if he's corralling it? Okay. Uh, Yosh says, put his leg in position with a kick. Uh, John says, he literally lifted his foot like he was taking a step, like a kicking motion, not a smooth skating motion. Uh, Mike says, it's worse than I thought, based upon the wording there. Absolutely ridiculous for the game winner. Uh, Rosie says, there's no possible scenario in any, there's no scenario in any world that it could be possibly a viable goal. Buffalo versus the whole league, apparently. Uh, Zulu says, even if your rationale is correct, it's still a kicking motion as documented in the rule book. Michael says, it's a good goal. So... There you go. There's some opinions right there. We'll get a couple more in here. Michael says, just baffled that it was overturned. He clearly stuck his leg out in a deliberate kicking motion. Just a cruel joke. Okay. There you go. Lots of thoughts in from fans. I'm sure it'll be uh, continuing tomorrow morning uh, with Joe and Jeremy on WGR. Injury report. Sabres, of course, have some injured players. No Matias Samuelson. No Riley Stillman. No Alex Tuck. Those are all injured players tonight. The healthy scratches were Anderson and Paterka. Uh, we'll see maybe if Samuelson or Stillman are available for Thursday's game when the Sabres take on the Stars. The injury report brought to you by Losey and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. All right. Well, I usually try to uh, keep a sense of calmness here on the postgame in the sense that there's 82 games. There's always the next game. The referees aren't out to screw the Sabres. I'm not that guy. Um, you know, the league is not out to screw the Sabres. Tonight is a stinger, for sure. And you know what? I think part of it was that I was juiced up from all day thinking about this game. Like, hey, this is, this is maybe the biggest regular season game we've had in a long time. Somebody said to me today, when has the last regular season game been this big? And since when? And I didn't really have an answer. I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess you got to go back many seasons. And... Um, you know, invested in this game tonight. This is huge. This is monstrous. Sabres win this. This could be huge in regulation. 
early on. The Sabres are up one nothing. Pittsburgh's losing four nothing, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And uh, boy, that Penguins game switched. Obviously, the Sabres game switched, and the annoyance of how it ends. Again, as I said with Paul, the Islanders. I think if you said pick which team was better tonight, I would say the Islanders. Stats back it up. I think this is what we saw. I don't, I'm not saying the Sabres stat here. I'm not sitting here going to argue with any sort of strength that the Sabres deserve to win. But how it ended is annoying and frustrating, and uh, I, uh, I'm guessing you can sense that. I'm sure as we get more fans here uh, you know, reacting, I know social media blowing up with the uh, reaction to the rule here that uh, I'm annoyed. Because, look, on a night where Lukanen played well enough to win it, that game could have been 2-2 in overtime, and maybe we're talking about Darlene or Thompson or Skinner or some or Cousins making an amazing play to win it like we've seen so often in the OTs. The Sabres have been good in those OT sessions this year. But nevertheless, it's a loss. It's a stinger. The out-of-town scoreboard was awful, and now Buffalo's got to get going. Dallas is next Thursday night, 7 o'clock. We'll have pregame at 6. I uh, hope you can join us from Key Bank Center right here on the Sabres Radio Network and on WGR. And with that, we'll say goodnight to you. Thanks for listening. want to thank the crew tonight. Frank R. Curry back in our Amherst studios, our network producer. Thank you very much, Frank, for your work tonight. Kyle Powell on our social media and game story. Check it out, WGR550.com. Paul Hamilton was our reporter. Mike Shope on the pregame. Tom Maddy, our engineer. And for our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray, I'm Brian Colziel. Islanders win it 3-2, to two, and we'll talk to you next on Thursday night down town Buffalo with the Sabres and the Stars right here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Good night, everyone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.